from TLDR News, this is your daily briefing for Wednesday, 7th of December, 2022. Now, before we get into things, obviously, I am not your usual host, Ben. I am Zach, TLDR's editor-in-chief. I don't usually do daily briefing stuff, um, but Ben is currently away in Germany filming a very exciting new video. So you'll have to settle for me for today. Anyway, uh, let's get straight into it. Today, we're going to be talking about the Senate election in the US state of Georgia. We'll also be going through three of today's other important stories and discussing the rail strikes in the UK. But first, the Georgia Senate election. The US midterm elections have finally come to an end after voters in the state of Georgia voted in a runoff election for the Senate and delivered a victory to the incumbent Democrat, Raphael Warnock. Warnock is the senior pastor at Atlanta's Ebenezer Baptist Church, which is Martin Luther King's former congregation and has served as a U.S. Senator from Georgia since 2021. Winning around 51.4% of the vote, he defeated his Republican opponent, former American football player Herschel Walker, who received around 48.6%. Walker had been one of the Republicans' best hopes of flipping a Senate seat. The party failed to turn any of their targeted seats red last month, so Georgia was their last chance. But Walker turned out to be, to put it bluntly, a bad candidate, who was beset by controversy throughout his campaign. He faced multiple allegations of abusive behavior and a number of former girlfriends came forward and said he had pressured them into having abortions, which for an anti-abortion candidate is not a good look, though we should say he denies the claims. Similarly, his campaign was damaged when, as a man who had previously criticized absentee fathers, he had to acknowledge that he had fathered three children other than his son who were previously unknown to the public. Two years ago at the previous election, the Democrats managed to win control of the Senate by the narrowest of margins. They won both of the Senate runoffs that were held in Georgia, securing them a 50-50 split in the Senate, which, thanks to the tie-breaking vote wielded by Vice President Kamala Harris, gave them control of the chamber. Within a week or so of the midterm elections last month, it was already known that Democrats maintained control of the Senate by securing at least 50 seats. Having flipped the open Senate seat in Pennsylvania from red to blue, the runoff election in Georgia provided the Democrats an opportunity to clinch a 51st seat. So, a Democratic Senate was guaranteed regardless of yesterday's result in Georgia, but the stakes were still high. Their outright majority, with 51 of 100 seats, means the Democrats don't have to continue to rely on the vice president's tie-breaking vote. It also provides other benefits to President Biden and the Democrats who will now have majorities on Senate committees rather than working through the power-sharing agreement necessitated by an evenly split chamber. That just means things like President Biden's judicial nominees and the Democrats' legislative agenda can be advanced more easily. The result is also a bad omen for former President Donald Trump and the wider Republican Party. For the party as a whole, it shows that the Democrats' victory in Georgia two years ago was not an anomaly, and the state has gone from being reliably Republican to being a swing state. As for Trump, he's already having a bad week after his Trump organization was found guilty of tax fraud in New York. To add to that, Herschel Walker was his hand-picked candidate in Georgia, so his loss will add to growing Republican skepticism about Trump's 2024 presidential campaign. Okay, so that's the biggest story of the day. There's a lot more going on around the world. So here's a rundown of three other stories. Argentina's vice president, Cristina Fernandez de Kirchner, has been sentenced to six years in jail and handed a lifelong ban from public office after being convicted of corruption in a highly charged case which has split the country. Prosecutors said she led a kickback scheme during her tenure as first lady from 2003 to 2007 and then as president from 2007 to 2015, which saw her push valuable public work contracts towards a family friend. Prosecutors described it as probably the biggest corruption operation the country has known. Fernandez de Kirchner's ideology can generally be described as left-wing populism, and she continues to be a dominating figure in Argentinian politics, having served as a senator, first lady, then president, and now vice president. 
She has loyal supporters, but also vehement opponents who have both held demonstrations and at times clashed with each other during the trial. At one point, the vice president even survived a failed assassination attempt. Fernandez de Kirchner vehemently denies the accusations, saying the charges were politically motivated and that she has been the victim of a judicial, quote, mafia. Despite the six-year sentence, Cristina Fernandez de Kirchner is unlikely to serve any jail time soon because she has a degree of immunity due to her current role and is likely to launch an appeals process that could take years to wind its way through higher courts. The ban on public office also won't apply while that process is ongoing. There's more on the way, but be sure to subscribe and ring the bell to make the daily briefing part of your daily routine, or just search for us on your podcast app to listen along. Following huge protests in the country last week, Chinese authorities have today announced a major easing of COVID restrictions. The changes, which constitute a major move away from their established zero COVID policy, sees the very harshest restrictions completely abandoned. Notably, those with the virus will no longer be forcibly removed from their homes and transferred to quarantine camps. Instead, people will be able to isolate from the comfort of their home, with state testing also being scaled back across the country. Lockdowns will become more targeted, focusing on specific buildings or even floors, rather than entire neighbourhoods and cities, as was the case previously. The protests that arguably sparked the change in policy were seen by many as a direct challenge to Xi Jinping, China's president, who is widely seen as the standard bearer of the controversial zero-COVID policy. In a dramatic story today, German police have arrested 25 suspected members of supporters of a domestic terrorist organization that reportedly aimed to overthrow the German state. The network is believed to be tied to the far-right Reichsberger movement, which rejects the legitimacy of the modern German state. Germany's justice minister, Marco Buschmann, said that the raids took place on individuals thought to be planning an armed attack on state institutions. The nationwide police operation reportedly covered 130 properties belonging to 52 suspects across 11 German states. Police identified one suspected ringleader only as Heinrich XIII, who, according to news magazine Der Spiegel, is a well-known 71-year-old member of a minor German aristocratic family. Other suspects in the case include a serving soldier in Germany's Special Forces Command. In the final story today, we're going to run through an uplifting story about Dolly Parton's Free Brook programme. Music legend and philanthropist Dolly Parton founded the Imagination Library, which is an internationally operating program that sees children between the ages of zero and five receive free books each month. It has been revealed this week that more than half of all young children in the state of Ohio, which is part of the scheme, have been signed up to the program. That is a huge 360,000 children in total. That's all we have time for on YouTube, but if you want to see our discussion of the UK train strikes. Okay, so we're on a train, did yes. I say this already? We're on a train to London Stansted, the airport. We're going out to record some TLDR business content. We're flying over to Germany. Um, and we wanted, well, one, we didn't have time to record this in the office because we had to leave. But more importantly, we wanted to talk about train strikes. Yes. And we thought, why not do it on the train? Yeah. Which is where we are right now. While they're not striking. While they're not striking. Then watch the extended ad-free edition of the Daily Briefing over on Nebula. Nebula subscribers not only get everything you've already watched ad-free, but also an extended edition of the show every single day, available to watch on Nebula or stream on your podcast app of choice. So if you want to support the channel and get a more extensive briefing every day, you'll want to sign up. And there's good news. Our friends at CuriosityStream, the streaming service which offers some of the world's best documentaries, is offering a deal whereby you can get both platforms, CuriosityStream and Nebula, for less than $15 a year. That's all of the documentaries you can want on CuriosityStream and then more TLDR on Nebula, including the extended daily briefing. Other full exclusive TLDR videos, and it's always ad-free. Click the link below to get both services for less than $15 a year and support the channel. Thank you.